Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Hard Nine Pod. Uh, as always, we are super pumped to have you join us. Today is January the 25th, 2023. Uh, I am joined across the way by Caleb Noble. You can find him at Twitter on at Caleb Noble 08. You can find me, Mike Noble 08. Obviously, you can find our pod, the Hard Nine Pod, or the Hard Nine. I was one of those. If you type that in, you're either going to get our pod or something you really don't want to pop up on your screen. <laughs> so either way, either way, who knows? I don't know what to tell you there. But with all of that being said, uh, big time shout out as the first person from the MV3 gets inducted into the Hall of Fame. Super, super pumped for Scott Rowland. Me too. Um, his first year on the ballot, only getting 10% of the vote to come all the way back to now getting voted in in his sixth year, I believe it was, on the ballot. That's pretty remarkable. It's one of the higher climbers ever. Um, so great for him. Um, you, as you mentioned, MV3, that made, that reminds me, well, I mean, I want to keep this about Scott Rowland, but could Jeff Edmonds have gotten a, a better chance of getting in if he just would have stayed on for another year? You never know. Things like that kind of suck. But it kind of shows you, you know, who, how many people do you think they overlook, you know, like Scott <laughs> Rowland, that the first year they fall off, and then as we look later, you know, like it took Jim Cott how many years to get in? Like, but I'm I mean, super 40. Yeah, super pumped for Scott Rowland, eighth all time yeah. um, in war for third basemen that are in the Hall of Fame. I mean, if you don't think he's deserving, one, you probably didn't watch him. I, I got to watch the latter half of his career. But two, you also just probably, I don't know, don't understand how underrepresented third basemen are in the Hall of Fame. Agreed. Agreed 100%. Um, you know, that, that run when he was here, when he got traded, I mean, I go back to remember him in Philadelphia, Rookie of the Year, multiple Gold Glove winners. I mean, massive numbers. And when he got traded to the Cardinals um, for Placido Polanco, I believe, and, and there's somebody else involved in that trade. That was one of the – I mean, obviously, shout out back to Walt, the Walt Jockety days. Uh, when we brought Roland over, it was one of those like, oh, my God, like Scott Roland is a Cardinal. You know, I think he grew up in Indiana. He's an Indiana kid. And I just remember him always talking about coming over to Cardinal games with his family and his brothers and his dad. And he grew up a Cardinal fan. So when he was here, you know, when, when you had that team with him and you had Renteria and you had Edmonds and you had Pujols, then in, in there you had times you had Reggie Sanders, you had Juan Encarnacion. I mean, Fernando Vina, you had Yachty and Matheny behind the plate that – I mean, we talk about our defense now. That team was just as defensively sound. It, I mean, there's an argument to be said they were maybe even better because of the outfield. Yeah. Um, it was so much fun when when, uh, when we were pulling the, and then we were bringing in Larry Walker a little bit in that time. It was, I mean, it was the best. But it seems like out of all of those, the Scott Rowland deal was the the big the deal. Yeah, you I know, mean, and just yeah, to get yeah. a guy like that who at the time had filled in, he'd taken over essentially for Mike Schmidt. You know, I mean, Schmidt had been gone for a little bit, but he was like the heir to Mike Schmidt in Philadelphia. And then for Philly to trade him to the Cardinals was was monumental. How crazy is it that the best players of the last, let's say, 20 years for the Cardinals, if you were to go through them, you have Scott Yachty and Albert. But other than him, it's Matt Holliday, Scott Rowland, Jim Edmonds, right. um, Chris Carpenter, Adam Wainwright, all five guys that they traded for. So, I mean, maybe that's why we don't send free agents, but – yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't alive, I don't believe, when that trade happened, was I? What year was that? Uh, that, that was in 2000? Uh, 2000, 2001, maybe? Yeah, Let me so just I was sure on that. I'll look to see. First year he played with the Cardinals 2002. was 2002. So it was the year I was born. Yeah, yeah. So I can't speak to the excitement of um, getting, of acquiring him. But I mean, you got a Hall of Fame player in the middle of 
in the middle of his career and his prime. 27. He was 27 yeah. when he You know what like I don't under – Prime Scott Rowland. You know, I mean, let's go through some stats real quick so we can talk – kind of say how well, special Scott Rowland was. one thing that Scott I kind of wanted was. to add to you before – because, yeah, I do want to go through that. Um, one, one thing I wanted to add to what you had said is as far as where he ranks just all time on that third base list. You know, I mean, I think when you start to add – like right now he's 10th all time in – I think 10th all time in war. Yeah, 10th all time in war. And the average among 15, third baseman, right? Right, among third baseman. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Um, the average and the Hall of Famer. So, all the Hall of Famers are 15 of them before Scott. Uh, their war was 68, his was 70. I mean, if you look now, the next closest is Edgar Martinez, he's in, right? Uh, you go below that. Craig, uh, the one that got me was Craig or Greg, Nett, Greg Nettles, like at 68.3. That was a wild one that really. Really, really, really surprised. You know me. what always? Um, you know what Greg Nettles. Every time I think of him, I think about how stupidly his name is spelled. I know it's Craig know. with a G. With a G, I know. I love it. Uh, that's I why I looked it. at it. I was like, that does not sound right. Yeah. Um, that's Craig Nettles. That's all I knew. But the only guy on the list right now is at number four, and that's Adrian Beltre, who, by the way, is going to be in the Hall of Fame next year. So, I'm so excited. I mean, that, but... yeah. I did you see one before we get to the numbers? Did you see the video of him telling his mom? Yes, and his uh, dad coming if, over in the walker and crying. If you guys haven't seen it, um, if you guys haven't seen Cardinals it, posted it. Go, Cardinals posted it. Go check it out. I think the Hall of Fame also posted it if you if you follow them. I think, I think um, all four of the teams he played for posted it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, well well deserved. But yeah, go ahead. I don't I didn't want to step on that. I just thought, you know, when for, for like proper perspective, where he ranks in the all time. This isn't like in our generation or what this is all time. I mean, that's elite. It's hard to believe it took this long and we were sweating it for him to get in the Hall of Fame. I think one thing I want to talk about after I go through a couple of the stats is third base in general, because I think we've seen a massive shift in the appreciation of that position. I kind of yeah. want to get to that after. But um, so Scott Rowland, 2000 hits, 70 war, like you said, 316 home runs, eight gold gloves, only one silver slugger, which is wild. Who was winning all the silver sluggers at third in the NL? Well, he would have been at the same time as Chipper Jones. Chipper, that's probably who it was. That yeah, all of them. I'm trying to think. He would have been. Well, Beltre would have been in L.A. probably for a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm so, trying to think of who else would have, who else would I have been. I'm sure there's two guys. Way, somebody out there can tell me yeah. who I'm missing. Either, but either way, he was still among the elite his whole career. Seven time All Star, Rookie of the Year. Um, they just added the Hall of Fame plaque, which is cool. Um, eight fifty five career OPS, twenty two percent of league average for his, above league average for his career. So, I mean, you're talking about a guy that slugged almost 500 for his career at 490, had an OBP over 364 his career at 364. I mean, th those are elite, elite seasons, right? Like, that's an elite right. season for a baseball player. He did that for seven, for 17 years. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know, know what – I don't it. know how it took him this long. Also rookie of the year. I did. And over 100 okay. stolen yeah. bases. A guy did much like – I mean, he was a Cardinal through and through. Much like Paul Goldschmidt, Albert Pujols. One uh, well regarded as one of the smartest base runners that anyone has ever played played with. Correct? Yeah, and you know, honestly, you know, a, a lot of people in St. Louis remember the riff at the end of the before they we traded him. I think we traded him to Toronto. Is that right? No, Cincinnati. I thought Cincinnati, Cincinnati. And then he ended up in Toronto after Cincinnati. No, Toronto. You're yeah. right. Sorry. Okay, Toronto, that's what I thought. Right. Okay, that makes more sense because we wouldn't trade this guy around yeah, Cincinnati. I thought we traded yeah. him to Toronto. Um, but you know, you remember the riff at the end. But then Scott, when he left St. Louis, he was never the same. I know he, I think he had an all star year maybe in Cincinnati. Did he have a he year where he was in, the in 2010? Yeah. I remember. I that. thought so. I thought 850 so. 850 OPS uh, at the age of 35. But, but when he left here, man, he his shoulder wasn't right. He was banged up. 
He was just when never, something after in, he had that big injury, sorry. he was never the same. When he's something incredible, though, 2010 and 11, so two of his last three years, he was an all-star. He ended up getting hurt in 2011. But 2010, 854 OPS for the season, yep. 20 jacks, and a gold glove at the age of 35. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. Uh, to kind of give our, our, our fans – also, by the way, thank you guys. You guys are awesome. All of you that listen, we greatly appreciate that. Um, you make what we do – make what we're able to do. Now, that's not how I meant to say that. But you know what I'm trying to say. But while you're watching here and you're listening – I don't even things, know what you were trying to say. I don't know. We're just going to move on. But <laughs> when we're talking about all these Scott Rowland things, uh, if you have time, there's that little red button. We'd love to have you subscribe. Uh, that helps us. Plus, it also gets you – like, you'll get updates for those of you who appreciate that. We, that's always a good thing. I like to do that for the podcast. Well, there also is there's a there's a notification bell that can get you notifications Correct. when we post. Yep. If you'd like so to hit that, hit as that well. subscribe. That greatly helps. And then hit that that uh, notification if you'd like. That'll make when we release videos. It Caleb releases them at like odd hours of the night, um, which so they're there for you in the morning. There you go. You'll know. You'll get a notification. Okay. So but for I'll... reference, hold on one one reference for Cardinal fans right now. Nolan Arenado, all time. You know, if you're wondering. All time at third base is 19th with 52.2 war. Uh, and you're talking about a guy who has, I mean, what, Caleb, do you think 10 more? I mean, he has legitimately, if we're talking about it, like, and I'm not trying to take away from Scott Rowland here because I don't, that's not what we're doing. But you're talking about a guy who potentially could be in the 80s. And I mean, he could be in that Beltray range when he retires. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's probably got, he's got at least, I mean, he's probably got eight more years at least left, right? Seven yeah, eight, Beltray, at least. Beltray third all time at third base at 93.5. I, I will and say, again, war's not everything. Like, we understand no. that. But like, it, but that's here's why the Bobby thing. Abreu's not in the Hall of Fame. But. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like you, I mean, he, yeah, there's an argument for him. But here's the thing. Um, when you, War doesn't really lie though. Like like you just said, like Bobby Abreu had a fantastic career. He did, but you don't see guys with seventy WAR and say, "Whoa, how did he get there?" So it is something yeah. that you that you should use because you don't see guys that just like, you know, Tommy Edmonds, one of those outliers where you really wouldn't expect him to get the WAR he gets, but. In general, like if you look per season and you say, okay, who's the top 10 in war in Major League Baseball in 2022? Most of the time, it's the 10 players you'd expect to be there. It's Mike Trout, yeah. it's Otani, it's Aaron Judge, Goldschmidt, Arenado. Like, so it, war war is important to me. I think it matters. Agreed. A lot. I, yeah, I'm just saying it's not the end all be all, but it is. No, what you, and it's also what writers, writers uh, use. Now, anything else you wanted to talk about with Scott Rowland before? I just kind of want to kind of talk about the Hall of Fame. As well as yeah, we saw I another third voting base coming go. because okay, I think sure. the important, the most important factor for Scott Rowland getting in was the fact that third basemen are incredibly underrepresented. He was the 18th to get elected at third base in the Hall of Fame. 16th, 16th, 16th. Okay, 16th. Sorry, yeah. Um, the first since Chipper Jones, because um, Edgar he was a DH to me. I'm not going to call him a third Correct. baseman. Came up as a third um, baseman, but yeah, played but, first in DH at the end of his. Yeah, first, he wasn't right. playing third base in his prime. No. But no, um, was playing first base, third we, base. I've kind of like gotten accustomed to third base being the position I value a lot because, well, one, I got to watch Scott Rowland for a little bit when I was very young. Kind of my first Cardinal memories were of the teams with him and Jim Edmonds. But I also got, I've gotten to see now we get Nolan Arenado, Manny Machado, um, Austin Riley, Rafael Devers, Jose Ramirez. We're in a golden age of third baseman right now. And I think the fact that we're kind of starting to see that, I mean, there might be five third basemen in the top 20, 25 players in baseball. Maybe that's giving the writers a better appreciation, um, more appreciation for what Scott Rowland did because we now see how important that position is. Do you agree with that at all? Yeah, I, I do. And I also wonder, and I, I'd love to talk to somebody who is a baseball writer like or who has a vote. I wonder if the Cal Ripken effect hurt third baseman. 
You know, because when he came into the league, all the shortstops were Ozzie and Gary Templeton. They were 5'8", five, 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, five, and all of a sudden we had Cal. Cal looked like a third baseman. He was playing shortstop. And I wonder if then we saw Cal play short, and all of a sudden now we started to think, oh, well, now third base was just became – because if you look in the 80s, there aren't – I mean, if you look through the 80s, you got Mike Schmidt. That's really it. I mean, I know George Brett played then, and Molitor – Molitor's in, but to me, again, not really a third. I mean, I know early in the 80s he was with the Brewers, but I think Paul Molitor's a first baseman DH, you know, for a lot of his career. So you you had a big gap in there. And I always wonder if, like, Ripken coming in at 6'4", like, oh, that's what – those guys playing third should be playing short. So we're going to kind of devalue what they did. And, you know, I think for years you've got – you put, I mean, we saw the movie Major League, right, where they put Dorian and he's just wearing balls off of his off of his yeah. chest. Like, that's kind of what you did at third yeah, base, you know, I think. Yeah, bro, you know with what a I lot think? of guys, guys yeah. who hit bombs, you put him at third base and just said, where, here, goalie it up, take the ball off and throw him out of first. Yeah, you know, what also happened was you had a lot of shortstops that moved to third base when they weren't good enough to play shortstop. So right. you had that second. situation yep. going. And then you had the a lot of third basemen who weren't good enough to field over there, moved to first base and just focused on hitting. So you kind of had like Edgar who moved to DH at first base, like yep. because they weren't good enough at fielding. And then you had Scott Rowland who was playing over there because he was one of the greatest defensive players of all time. Right. And I just, I don't know how you overlook a guy like Scott Rowland for five years. I'm glad he's in. I, I, mean, I couldn't be happier for him. Um, I, am, we can, I don't really care to talk about what hat he goes in with. Because to be honest with you, whether it's Cardinals, it's Phillies, or it's nothing, I don't really care. I'm just glad he's in. Yeah, the one thing I will say that I thought was interesting, Bob Costas said today um, that he talked to Roland, and Roland essentially said, I don't know. Um, I'm going to take some time. I'm going to and kind of see what uh, – and listen to any advice that the Hall of Fame has to give. I Was there a time – I was trying to do some research on this. Was there a time that the Hall picked it for you, and then they switched that over in like the mid I don't remember. Was it maybe the most famous time you had? I don't know because I found some conflicting reports to back in the yeah, day. I never, I they would pick Larusa was kind of the one who changed that, right? I, I think when thought he that went you in, picked your own. But here's the thing: Cardinals don't retire numbers unless you go in as a Cardinal, correct? That's because Lee Smith's number is not retired. Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know that answer. Dude. I think that is a rule. So Tyler O'Neill is going to have to wait for Scott Rowland to decide to see if he can wear his number. Yeah. If 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 you if you were to ask me right now, I say he goes in as a Philadelphia Philly. I I would. But well, see, I I, I heard Chris Rose say he went in as a Cardinal. Chris Rose said he thinks he'd go in as a Cardinal. He won his ring there, yeah. and he really had his best an season argument. there. Like what? Yeah, I mean, well, we're looking at it. Two thousand four was probably his best. Was definitely his best season ever. Well, yeah, that's by MVP far. Three. Yeah. Two thousand two to two thousand four were his best seasons. Yeah, but far. if you look like Rookie of the Year, he won more Gold Gloves, and I'm I'm just saying Philly drafted him. He, I, I could see him going in as a Philly, but I can also see him going in as a Cardinal. And like you said, honestly, I don't really, honestly don't really care. Something also not, not be being mad. talked about about Scott Rowland. This is the last thing I, we can say about it. But um, you know what he was really overshadowed by and hurt by in terms of MVP, MVP votes, silver sluggers, stuff like that? He played in the middle of the steroid era. Yeah. So his yep. stats relative to the league, you know, you're talking about a 122 OPS plus. What would that have looked like if you didn't have guys like Barry Bonds who had a, you know, a 200 hey, OPS? Plus? By the way, not guilty. Yeah, yes, he was. That's not even do that. <laughs> but um, what, what I'm saying is, like, he was still one of the best players of his generation, and he was playing at a disadvantage. Agreed. Agreed. I do think it's cool. Like, if you're a guy like – like, for us, we talk about the Mount Rushmore of whatever all the time. There's no doubt that if you were to say, give me the Mount Rushmore of your defensive third baseman all time, it's Scott Rowland. 
it's Brooks Robinson, it's Mike Schmidt, and it's Nolan Arenado. Do you, do you agree? Like that's your yeah. But you better fix that order. Well, what those were not in order. Good, because Nolan Arenado. Those were my one. four. Like Dude, Brooks Robinson. You, hey, you can pick who you want to be, Teddy Roosevelt, and who you want to be, Lincoln or Washington. I don't care. Like, does not matter to me. Well, Brooks Robinson said he. I, I mean, you gotta also respect Adrian Beltran, put him up there. But I mean, there's a lot. I of do, but not defensively, like the other ones. He was fantastic defensively. Absolutely, but not like again. There's never wore there's a, a reason cup. Reason that four. Huh? Adrian Beltran never wore a cup. Yeah, well, near to I'm you. Exci- I'm so excited for him to go in the Hall of Fame next year. He was one of my favorite yeah. players when I was growing up. Um, I'm geeked. I'm geeked to see Roland and McGriff go in because both two guys who I think have been overlooked for far too long, mm-hmm. two guys who I watched play their entire career. And two guys who, no doubt in my mind, were Hall of Famers. You want to talk um, about since we're talk- talking about that. Since we're talking about that, can we just talk for a little bit um, about the Hall? I, I'm not going to get into bashing the, the writers. There, there's plenty of time for that if people want to do that. But in my mind, as a guy who has watched baseball since I was five, six years old, you know, I think that I have a pretty good grasp on watching people who I believe are Hall of Famers. You know, I think I can now put them up against everybody, especially looking back. How in the hell does Todd Helton not get in the Hall of Fame? Let's one of the greatest, there. one of the greatest hitters I've ever seen with my with my eyeballs, just flat out. Just, like every single every single year, he was one of the best hitters. I saw him. He's the highest OPS plus of non Hall of Famers who have who have not been tied to any sort of steroid. You know what I'm saying? Like I and I didn't say that because there are people who have been tied who are not maybe probably who probably I hate that. I, but, anyway, but anyway, yes. what to also your point, here's the thing. Wait, yeah. hold on. Go ahead. No, to go ahead. point, um, OPS Plus has a park factor in it, which means that was adjusted to him playing in Coors Field. So if you want to say, well, Coors Field, well, Coors Field bullshit, because they already adjusted the OPS Plus to his stadium he played in. Correct. So he was still, knowing that he played in the most advantageous stadium in baseball, he still had was 30% above league average. Okay, so I go back to my, like, also, 15th all-time, all-time 15th. At first base, by the way, was the quarterback at Tennessee before Peyton Manning got there. Let's not forget that this dude was a fucking athlete. He hit everything. He hit, he hit the ball the other way. He drove the ball. He hit the ball the other way with authority. He drove the ball into the upper deck at Coors Field. 15th all-time in first base at war. The average of 25 to 25 Hall of Famers uh, who played first base is 65. He's at 62. Like, Dad, what, are, what are we doing? I, think... I watched a man. I watched a man play day in and day out. Well, you know what I'm saying. Um he, that man is a Hall of Famer, and if he's not, I don't know what a Hall of Famer looks like anymore. Here, I thought I did. Here's the thing. So, he, I think if he wasn't playing in the steroid era once again, but we'll just say the Barry Bonds, my, Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols didn't do steroids, but that was the era where they were dominating. Um, and Albert kind of overshadowed him at first base a little bit. But if he wasn't playing in that era where Barry Bonds was winning MVP every year, I, I mean, he would have – there are four years in here, Dad, from, more than that, two thousand from 2000 – to 2004, where he would have won an MVP every single season if he was playing today. With 1162 OPS, 1116, 1000, 1000, 1000. He, let's look at his 2000 year alone. And he did this for um, 17 years, but for this stretch where he was like the greatest hitter on the planet that wasn't named Barry Bonds, it was like seven years. He batted 372. He had a 463 OBP, a 700 slug, an 1162 OPS, a 163 OPS plus, and played 160 games and then won a gold glove the next year as well. Like, I mean, those are godly numbers. Like, we talk about Coors Field. We can talk about that all day long. The guy had an 855 OPS on the road for his career. But we can even just in Coors Field, 
Nolan Arenado is one of the most talented players of this generation. He never had an 1,100 OPS. No. Never. Tortola no. Whiskey is one of the most talented players I've ever seen. He was never close to that. Yeah. Coaching in Texas famous. now. Coaching in Texas now. Um, yeah, I, it just blow, it does blow your mind. Let me, let me throw a few names at you, okay? Um, and I just want your initial thought. We don't have to go deep into it. Jeff Kent. Hall of Famer. Okay, agreed. Top 20, I think, or 25 all-time in war at second base. He's the uh, best was, power uh, hitting second Richard, baseman of all time. And Rich Aurelia said, you know, he always got dogged for not good defense. That's not true. Rich Aurelia said best double play he made he ever had in his life. Rich Aurelia said shortstop, by the way. I mean, so, here's the thing. If he wasn't good at def- if he wasn't good defensively, he was a good enough hitter to move to third base or first base. They would have done that. And do you feel like he is kept out because he won – People did not love Jeff Kent, and two, like, and two, because of bonds. Do you feel like the bonds effect hurts Jeff Kent? I do think I think so too. He was over. He was overshadowed in some of his best years while playing with Barry Bonds. But didn't he win his MVP while playing with Barry Bonds? Is he, that right? I believe so. I believe so. Yeah, he yeah, was. No, I mean, great he's a Hall York. of Famer. I mean, the yeah, the I list agree. the the list of second basemen that just win one MVP is so small in general. Like it's what Joe Morgan, Jose Altuve. It's a very small list. So. It is. Um, did Alomar 855 win one? career OPS for, yeah. for Jeff Kent. I know. What's his OPS plus? 123. Yeah. And he was playing I mean, in. I mean, he was playing in war. some massive stadiums. Like Shea's Stadium and okay. San Francisco were huge. Billy Wagner. It's not even – he should be in the Hall of Fame. Like, I don't even know what we're doing with him. It's so confusing. We always – you and I talk about war a lot. It's impossible to talk about war with relief pitchers. Like, it really is. I mean, it you know, in, it, it's so hard. Uh, Odd to me that there are no left-handers and uh, relievers in the bullpen. Again, watch Billy fans. Wagner at five foot ten throwing fucking BBs by everybody. You know, piss rockets and everything else for the Astros for the Mets. Like that. Get, I, I Braves Wagner with the Braves too. Am I? Is that right? No, no. Okay. Mets, Phillies, Houston. Okay, Philly. He was with the Braves for one year. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. An okay, all-star thought in his so. final season, by the way, with 1.43 yeah. ERA. I, I don't – what like, do you, what are your thoughts on why is Billy Wagner not in the – like, what is keeping Billy Wagner out of the I've got of a thing? few thoughts. One, the fact that he almost had a 30 war as a reliever is crazy. That's insane. Yes, 27.7, I think. Yeah, but also um, he'll get in. He was at 68% this he was. year. So they're coming around on him. Um, I don't know. Is it the Mo effect? It seems like – if you're not named Mariano Rivera and you're from this era, you're not getting in. And I don't, I do not understand it. Like Hoffman, Hoffman yeah, Hoffman, Hoffman is in. Yeah. But, but is he, was he a better reliever than Billy Wagner? I mean, you know what I mean? Uh, okay. Like, That's, it's so subjective. Like, again, and also, subjective, relief- but the fact that we can have the conversation means they should both be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, I, I agree. Like I said, again, I watched them. And if you look at relief pitchers all time, where is he? He is sixth all time in war. No, that's wrong. Sorry, he's eighth all time in war. Either For way, point three less war than Hoffman. That's all Billy Wagner. That's the only difference. Yeah. And Trevor Hoffman was, was he a I'm first bad ballot at guy? Fourteen. Was was Hoffman in on the first ballot? Uh, that's a great question. I don't know. I don't know. Now, no. To be fair, like Tom Gordon, no, he was higher higher war. But um, I just know that I watched Billy Wagner play and pitch, and he was dominant. He was one of the most dominant relievers of that era. It's hard for me to believe that Billy Wagner's in. Okay, he two more guys that I just kind of want to get your opinion on. Um, Gary Sheffield. No. Okay, how come? Because Barry Bonds isn't in the Hall of Fame. So you – so you okay, but David Ortiz is. Yeah. They were on the I mean, that, that is what it is. 
But if you're not putting Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame, I'm not putting Gary Sheffield in the Hall of Fame. Okay, so I no, guess Gary where, Sheffield where admitted I it. Again. Gary Sheffield admitted uh-huh. it. Gary Sheffield admitted not. it. He did. He, he looked it up. Look, he did look it up. He said he accidentally took it. Yes, he did. Well, yeah, took something. But again, that was at the end of his career. You can't tell me that Gary Sheffield's not a Hall of Famer. I'm We've telling you that if Barry this. Bonds isn't in the Hall of Fame, then he's not in the Hall of Fame. And at this point, like the fact that they've made that the standard, it sucks. But if Gary Sheffield gets in the Hall of Fame, how can you justify Barry Bonds not being in the Hall of Fame? I just think it's impossible to try to guess, and I wish we wouldn't have to. Do you think that with the Try and guess what? Writers- Here we go. He admitted to a Balco grand jury that he received substances from friend Barry Bonds during their offseason training sessions. He admitted okay. to it. Okay, my apologies. But, okay, I guess I was looking for – there was no test. But, yeah, okay, I got you. Okay, here, do you think – and I, this was brought up the other day on something I was watching or reading. Do you think that with the younger baseball writers getting – for example, potentially you one day, right? Maybe one day you have a vote for this, which would be awesome. Do you think that people are going to lessen the – we're going to get rid of the old – almost I hate, the old rich whites are going to move on, and they're going to get down to the people who watched all these eras and aren't so stuck up and aren't – don't live in this 1950s, 60s era of what baseball. Are we talking they about in relation to PEDs? Do you, what, yeah, what I'm saying is, do you think an a gets in? Do you think? No. They could okay. always go back and yeah, Okay, here's, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. Because I said no to Gary Sheffield only because Barry Bonds isn't in. Because I just think that would be blasphemous to put him in instead of Barry and not Barry Bonds. That's why I said that. Here's what I'll say. If I had a vote, I would have voted for Barry last year. I would have voted for Gary last year. I would have voted for Roger Clemens last year. And I would not have voted for Alex Rodriguez. I would not have ever voted for him. Because my line is the line. Let me explain it. My line is if you were caught cheating after there were specific rules in this collective bargaining agreement, you were not in my Hall of Fame. That's That's the line I I have chosen. And I I have no argument with that. I would just go back to the fact that Alex Rodriguez should be in the or, like you just watch, he's a Hall of Famer. Like, I you mean, know, I, I then people should just I do steroids and get better. Like, everybody I've ever talked or heard talk, Mayor is like the greatest right handed hitter they ever played with. And he failed he's in the Hall of Fame. I, I know, I know. Was I he know. that great because of that? We've it's seen just, players it, like Ryan Braun win an MVP while juicing, and Matt Kemp got screwed I, out of it. In the end, it's a, it's a museum, and I believe the best players but, deserve to be in there. But some of these players, like, were they actually the best? Like, A Rod did. Said he was doing it with Texas, and they got caught doing it again with the Yankees. How good was he? I, I, I like I said, I understand. I, I do. Like, I I'm not going to say that Alfred Rodriguez isn't one of the most talented, maybe, maybe the best hitting shortstop to ever walk this planet. That might be what he is. Right. But at the same time, he made a mockery of your sport. I guess multiple times. My thing is David Ortiz is in. David Ortiz never failed a drug test. Okay, that's fair. I mean, that's, I, I understand. Okay. One guy that you and I talked about for a second today, and I just want to bring him up because he's going to be on the ballot either next year or the year after. Big Joe Mauer gets in. Yes, and I okay. think he should, and I think he will because he's Same. maybe top five best hitting catches to ever walk the planet. Um, career twenty four percent above league average, career OPS at this can't be right. Is that yeah? Um, at eight twenty seven, career slugging at over four hundred, career OBP at three eighty, and a career three. See the average. 306 batting average. That's a Hall of Famer. Yep. I'm not, I agree. And well, look, to go along with had, an MVP. I mean, again, reference, I'd just like to kind of throw this out. Ninth all time at, at the catcher position at war. And I know he DH. I understand some, but a lot of these guys did, you know, at the end of their career. Um, Fisk, those, you know what I'm saying? I understand all that. Uh, average 16 Hall of Famers is 53.6. He's 55.2 in war. 
in my mind, he was a Hall of Famer. I agree. So, so you said earlier, and I somewhat agree with this, somewhat don't. The if you think you're watching a Hall of Famer, then he probably is a Hall of Famer. Because sometimes it's also like, well, you can also go back and say, well, let's look at it and see if he is. Like some people would have watched Scott Rowland and not be like, ooh, that's is that's on the level of Eddie Matthews or whatever. But Joe Mauer, like when I watched Joe Mauer play towards the end of his career, like because I grew up with Joe Mauer, he was on the face of all the video games, like he was the guy. Um, I thought I was watching a Hall of Famer the whole time. I had that Same. feeling Same. when I watched Joe Mauer. Same. Him One and more favorite man, athletes. Him and him boys were great. Six-time All Star. Yeah. Like yep. him I and know. Adrian Beltre are up next year, and that's going to be really special for I think my generation because Joe Mauer yes, and Adrian Beltre were our generations like the faces of the American League for a long time. Like yeah. them and Jeter, yeah. of course, but Jeter was kind of towards the latter half. But these were the guys that were on our video games that I was playing with when I was 10 years old. So right. I, I'm excited for those two. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm still perplexed by the voting process. I, I still don't, I still think it has to be addressed. It's hard for me to understand guys who never played baseball voting for such a prestigious award. I, and I understand that some of the players don't want to have a vote. I also understand that there's the idea that the players could be more like harsh on who gets in because they feel like it is. Such they just a, did. They just kept Barry you know, and um, Barry I, and Clemens out. Yeah, I, I just wish it was all up to the players. I really do. Yeah, some of me does. Or a combination. Because then you've got – because then remember, like, before Joe Morgan died, rest in peace, legend, obviously, Um, he was on this thing about how he doesn't want PEDs in his Hall of Fame. So then you got things like that that will sway people. I kind of like the objectiveness of it or what's supposed to be objective. What I want to see yeah, it's not. is the people – there are multiple people out in Boston – that haven't ridden for baseball for years that are mailing in empty ballots because they want a small hall. Those right. people, if you if you enter in an empty ballot in a year where someone gets elected into the Hall of Fame, you should be kicked out. You shouldn't be allowed to vote anymore. Yeah, I agree. That's and that's where I'm going at. Like also let's realize King Griffey Jr. got like ninety seven percent of the vote. Derek like that three percent of people who are supposed to watch baseball did not vote for King Griffey Jr. And with Derek Jeter. Here is the well, and they used the logic, well we knew he was going to get in. No, that's not your job. Your job is to vote for the best people that should be in the Hall of Fame. If you can't do your job, then it's time for us to find somebody. Can can. I throw an idea at you? Um, Sure. I heard Derek Gould talking about this, and I thought it was really, really smart. I'd never thought about it before. You know how it's a 10-person ballot now? You get to vote for 10 people? I think because they have that 10% rule or 5% or whatever it is rule, I think what should happen is you should get a, a box yes or no by every single player on the ballot. And you should be able to vote yes and no for every player. You shouldn't have a limit on how many players you can vote for. Because if you think I they're a Hall that. of Famer, they're a Hall of Famer. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. There should have only been 10. If there's 11 Hall of Famers on the ballot, why should you not be able to vote for them? I, that's the Derek Gould coming in big again. I that's agree one of the 100%. greatest ideas I've ever heard. Yes. Um, I agree 100%. Because, yeah, why, why are we putting a number it on? It cost Jim Edmonds. Jim Edmonds is off right. the ballot after yeah. one year because of that. You think he gets in? That's the other guy I wanted to bring up. Yeah, so uh, get in eventually. I, oh, no. Andrew Jones was the other one. Yes, he's a Hall of Famer. And I want to go back and say I do believe Gary Sheffield is a Hall of Famer. But I, I think given the, the, given the um, standard they've set, I don't know how you can put him in. But, yes, Andrew yeah. Jones, different conversation. Yes, he's, he'll get in. Yeah, they're, they, they, they have, they've definitely established, tried and have fairly succeeded in establishing a precedent. And I, I understand that. I don't like it. Like, I no, I don't either. I put them all in. Dude was one of the greatest I mean, fucking players I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he's one of the greatest power players of all time. I mean, power hitters of all time. And you're like, and I hate that they're, the steroid era was ugly and it sucked, but it happened. I don't understand why they're trying to now rewrite history and act like it didn't happen. 
I That's agree. what upsets me about it. Didn't Sheffield get drafted as a catcher? Gary Sheffield is, is right? one of the greatest athletes to ever play the sport of baseball. Yeah, I, pure is, he, is he is he Doc Gooden's nephew? Is that right too? I don't know, but sixty right. career. I mean, the dude has five hundred home runs. He's a hall. He had a two ninety for a career with an OPS over nine hundred. Like yeah, nephew of Dwight Gooden. I was right on that. I thought, yeah, uh, I think he was drafted as a catcher. Isn't that wild? World Series champ as well. By Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, Nine time All Star. Andrew Jones, in my mind, uh, look, he broke my heart in 2006. Bobby Cox put him in the lineup uh, essentially for game seven. They asked him why, and he said, because I think he's going to hit a home run. He did. We were up 3 1 on the Braves, and then we had to go through Smoltz, Maddox, and Glavin. We lost three in a row. Braves went to the World Series. Andrew Jones, rookie year. What year did you say? 96. I said 2006. 2006, we won the World Series. My apologies. 96. Good Lord. See, that, that's yeah, we're a Cardinal podcast here. We've got to know these yeah. things. <laughs> 96. Uh, we had been a long drought for the Cardinals in the postseason. We get in. Uh, we get to the NLCS. We're right there. we got the Braves, the vaunted Braves, vaulted Braves down 3-1. Next thing you know, we got to go through Smoltz, Glavin, Max. We didn't. We got Can I ask you a question? And Andrew Jones goes to New York, by the way, and hits two home runs in Yankee Stadium. Can I ask 19 you a years question? old. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Um, and this is this is a genuine question. I'm not sure. I didn't get to watch a lot of Aaron, um, Andrew Jones's career, just to be quite honest with you, because he didn't play um, during when I was like cognizant. Like he did for like ten years, but I wasn't really watching him. Um, do you think if he would have come up when he was 25 and had his 10 years of prime from 25 to 35, and then not had the five years where he was not very good, he'd be in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, and I think that's an interesting argument too. I, it's almost the Sandy Koufax rule, right? Like what? And Kofax even then, now that I'm looking at it, he had eight right. OPSs. Yes, I know. He's a Hall of Famer. What's his WAR? His eight twenty three career OPS, sixty two. Yeah, what's? Yeah, I mean he's a Hall of Famer. He's a ten like, time Gold Glover with an eight hundred OPS for a career. Yeah. And I watched that man play center field, and he hit twenty five home runs every year. It seemed like Hall Him of Fame should both be in there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. They. Uh, here's the thing. We were. I was lucky. You know, during my time, like of that '90s run, to get to see Griffey Edmonds, and Edmonds was towards the middle to the late '90s. You know, heading into the the 2000s, but to see Griffey Edmonds and um, Andrew Jones patrol center field, like it was every night. If you turned on at back then, that was Sports Center was the heyday. Baseball tonight on on ESPN. It, one of those guys was making an unbelievable catch. It was probably three to four. Yeah, I mean that was. The, I mean, and those two were really the. Um the best center fielders in baseball at that time, right? Like, And by the best. way, no slight to Bernie Williams. He was right there on that list, yeah, too, like if you're going to be honest. Of so, you know, yeah, of that was, that was a um, pretty awesome time. So two more things. I just want to get your quick reactions before we get out of here. Wasn't there one more thing we want to talk about other than that? Oh, yeah. Duh. <laughs> Chip Carey. have a brand-new announcer. Chip Carey, yeah. Um, how do you feel? Chip Carey. Huh? How do you feel about it? Okay. I have a few thoughts. Okay. One, it's the Carey family. I'm a big fan of the Carey family. Like, Obviously. Harry was a legend here in St. Louis before he was Boink and Gussie's wife, and they, they you know, they they fired him. So there was that. Then Is he that goes actually on what happened, or was that a rumor? That was exactly what happened. Okay, yeah. well, I'm looking it yeah. up to and make I sure I think he got, like, caught in the app, like, like, got hit by a car, I think, or something like that in the park. Something big okay, was going like, on. maybe yeah, anyway. rumors. Anyway. Like yeah. No, I'm not. Those are, like, legit. Dude, those are legit facts. Um, then. Oh, no, no, it was a rumor. Well, okay. No, stop. Right. It was a rumor. You need to clarify oh, that. It that's... was not a rumor, but that's okay. Either hey, way, I just looked it up. Skip. It was a rumor. Stop. I, okay. Stop. Light skip. 
No, stop. Say it was a rumor because we can't be saying that it was a f- the fact. Rumor was, a fact. The rumor was. I'm saying that's irresponsible. Don't say it's a fact if it's not. <laughs> Either way. Um, okay. A big fan of the Terry family. Fine. Is it odd to you? Let me kind of re-ask, answer your question with a question, which I know is annoying as fuck. But isn't it kind of odd that he was like the sixth or seventh choice to take, like, that's how I don't far know. you I don't, think I mean, about that. I don't... Like, it's the Cardinals. Like, and I understand the first three didn't seem to ever make any sense. Joe Buck, uh, Greg Amsinger, Bob Costas. Like, but still, it, I mean, evidently, Valley's like not paying sports Midwest. From what I've read, like the offers are pretty low. That's, I'm, I'm shocked to go. I don't know if it's guys. as much about the offers as it is. Um, your job security should be important to you. And when you have no idea what company you'll be working for in maybe five years, that's probably not something that entices people. That's fair. And, you know, I was really, we, we talked on the last spot. I was really pumped for Aaron Goldsmith. I really was. But I'm also really pumped that he decided to stay in Seattle because he loves it out there. And, you know, there is something to be said about stability, like you just said. There is something about living in Seattle, by the way. Also, you never know what his family wants. He's married. He has kids. Like, you know, now you're uprooting a whole, I mean, you're not just, you're not just moving and moving jobs. You're moving the entire family. So yeah. uh, there's something to be said. I was shocked that he turned it down. I'm, I'm fine with Chip. Here's what I'm going to say about Chip from, from, Watched a lot of Braves games in my day. Um, it's he's not going to be very exciting. That's what I'll say. He, really? He, I thought he. I thought yeah. he was. No, it's it's pretty much he calls the game as he sees it. Like I, one thing I loved about Dan. Dan kind of screwed us here. One thing I loved about Dan was he was such a fan of the team. He was such a fan of the game, and I feel like Skip is Skip has shown or Chip Chip, Chip is yeah Chip the third You're really fucking right? us up. Chip has shown I'm not. The propensity not to necessarily love modern day baseball, like he likes yeah, the old school bunting. Well. Yeah, not a fan of the metrics, not a fan of the game today, not a fan of the player. I don't like that. I, I, I but, but I wish him well. I hope he. I don't great. know about that. He said, I mean, him. I mean, he watched Ronald Acuna Jr. play every day. There's no way he could have hated him. Here's what I'll say: I don't really care all that much, to be honest with you. I'll mute the TV if I don't like him. I hope he does well. Um, it is what it is. Um. I hope he does well. I don't know enough. I haven't Same. watched enough Atlanta Braves home broadcasts to be able to give a fair evaluation of how he is through a full season. And if we're going to be honest, that is a very valid one. I watched him when he was much younger, when when TBS was, you know, when he was with Skip, like with his dad. Like I yeah. watched that at that age. He's done obviously national broadcasts and everything. So it's a big name. It's a big name for the Cardinals. That's for sure. To get the carry, you know, you get the Bucks and the carry. That's the Cardinals. So it's a big name to get. I think it's a good get. I was kind of shocked he left Atlanta, but I guess the Cardinals. Also, like at the same time, where your grandpa was like, okay. At the same time, also like, if you're going to be the the voice of the Atlanta Braves for over a decade, like you're not bad at your job. So people are no, 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 no. Bad. He's not bad. By no means was I saying. No, I'm not saying you. I'm saying other people. people. Uh, Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. (laughs) Well. I'm not. I mean, it's not okay. That's not true. <laughs> that's not true. Like, I don't want to say that because I wouldn't mind talking to the guy. Maybe we can do one or something. I, it's not that. I you. I've been very honest on here. I wanted somebody who was young, younger, that would be here like Dan was for, hopefully for thirty years would be here. That's what I was hoping for. But that didn't happen. So you know, Chip Carey again, big. Solid I'll give him game, a chance. I just don't. I'm not going to write him off. He's a I'll professional. He'll be great. I, yeah. I think if you if you're a fan of Ricky Horton, you're going to be a fan of Chip Carey. That's what I'll say. Okay, let's move on. Okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, uh, okay, today, uh, MLB released with Moreno, Artie Moreno deciding to stay. 
uh, their most valuable MLB franchises. Uh, Cardinals come in seventh. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I, that's about where I expect them to be, and that has nothing to do with their yearly revenue. Okay. What about their payroll? It has nothing to do with their yearly revenue. Well, revenue is what you bring in. Correct. Yeah, payroll is what you put out. Right. You don't you spend based off revenue, not valuation of your company. Okay. Which we don't know what that is. They the rumor. Yes, we was do. 12. He said it was twelve. 12. There right. was no rumor. Right. Bill DeWitt, the guy that makes the but money. But again, here's it. what I'm saying. Okay, here's the thing. When you have this kind of valuable franchises, like yes, I understand, but you don't necessarily have to spend within just the constraints of year to year revenue. No, Does but no, and I don't think, and I doubt they do. Like there's times where they've been in the top seven in payroll over the last five years. It's happened. So, um, I, I mean, I don't, I didn't think much of it. You know, I mean, the reason it's such a high, it's valued so highly, is because it's such. If you were to go buy the Cardinals, which is what the value is for, if you were to go Correct. buy the Cardinals, you are guaranteed to turn a profit every single year you have them. And That's why it's valued. I assume so that. I also assume that value includes Ballpark Village and everything else, right? I mean, yeah, that, but also the fact that, like, when if you buy the St. Louis Cardinals, you are also you are buying the keys to an un like an unwavering, unwavering, unwaveringly a loyal fan base. Okay, like that's that what you're an doing. That's why way to get that out. That's why it's wavered. I mean, that's why it's um valued so high. Because if Trent. you were to if you were to go get the St. Louis Cardinals, you know, every single year you were going to have. You are going to break probably um, in the top five in ticket sales every year. That's why it's valued right. so high. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I agree. I'm. I'm on board. Would um, are you shocked that they're like 14th or 15th right now in payroll? No. Why okay. I be shocked? I've been a I've yeah, been and you know, I, I've talked to a bunch of people about that too because it does seem like everybody's up in arms. I'm much more concerned with a September payroll than a January payroll. If also, even the, even then, I don't really give a singular shit about the payroll. I care about if they have needs, they need to address the needs. Yeah, I agree. Like That's if they have valid, a perfect roster and they have a hundred million dollar payroll, what the fuck do I care what they're paying? Yeah, people are really, really still bitching about not going out to get an elite pitcher, and I don't know how many times to explain to them we weren't going to sign Degrom or Verlander, and almost no one was going to. Yeah, and Carlos Rodon, Carlos Rodon wanted to be in New York, so yeah. unless you were going to grossly, and I mean grossly, overpay for him, he wasn't coming here. He so wanted to be a the only. He made it known. The only guy I would have overpaid for. This offseason would have been Justin Verlander because it's not a long term commitment, and if he and there's no really long term risk involved in that at all. That would have been the guy. I said that before the offseason started. They didn't. He went to the Mets. Shocker. Good luck. Good luck getting Bill Dewitt to outbid fucking Steve Cohen right. for like right. after right after that's, he loses Jacob Degrom. Like that's yeah. not happening. Agreed. So it is what it is. Like um, yep, would I like I to pay all to go up? Yes, but I also like if they they have one need in my eyes, one clear need. And it's to go get a top of the line rotation piece. I am okay with them saying, okay, let's find out if Jack Flaherty can be that guy. And if he can't, the deadline's when we need to address that. I am perfectly. I agree. With that. I think you and I have said that many times on here, and I'm going to remain consistent on that. I agree. All right. Last thing before we get out of here FanDuel today released their 2023 National League MVP odds. I'm going to go through them with you, and then I want you to tell me who I should put my money on. All right. Fair. Okay. Uh, Soto number one at plus five. Wait, can we set this up for one second? Because I did say that Paul Goldsmith was going to win it last year, and he did. Uh, okay. Oh, there it is. Did I you did. Something? Did you also, I also said the... Sandy Alcantara was going to win Cy Young, and he also did. There it is. You any more? You need that's to bring impressive, more? Dad. You, you, you didn't get him right. You guessed too. You were wrong. Yeah, I was wrong. Do you, but is, do you want any more? Like, no, I'm just saying, put your money down on this. 
because I was. Did you not get enough hugs as a kid? I don't. Yeah, probably not. That's your fault. Can we keep going? All right, Soto plus five fifty, and then two Mookie. All right, plus nine fifty. So Soto, like overwhelmingly, that's crazy. Three, the our boy Paul Goldschmidt at nine fifty with Mookie. Um, Fourth, Acuna tied with Tatis and Nolan Arenado and Machado. They're all plus one thousand. All right. Then you drop down to eight, which is Turner at plus 1,200, 100, 1,200, Freeman at plus 1,300, and Pete Alonzo at plus 1,400. If you if you were, which you're not, well, you're not, I am, and I am on FanDuel quite a bit, and I've been doing pretty well on FanDuel lately. Who would, if I'm making a bet, who would you prefer me to put 10 bucks on right now, today, at those odds? Ronald Acuna Jr. Okay. I think he's going to, he had a year to get his ACL back, to being healthy, to trust it. He just smoked a bomb in the fucking Venezuelan league and did. it took like 10 minutes to round the bases. That was People awesome. People were mad at him too, by but, the way. Of yeah, of course they are. But, I, but um, I think he is going to come out and remind people why he's a top five player in baseball next year. Okay. Uh, can I tell you who I also put money on today? Because I've already done this. Freddie Freeman. Nope. Okay, go Nolan ahead. Arenado. When was the last time the Cardinals I had just... two different players win in back-to-back years? Ever probably, and, and that could hurt them, right? That could hurt them. I that's a great question. Fools never won back to back, I don't believe. Um, I just have a feeling that with the addition of Wilson Contreras, with a healthy Tyler O'Neill, with another with a healthy Dylan Carlson, with the potential of Jordan Walker slash Nolan Gorman slash Juan Yepa's breakout, I think one of those, if not two of those guys, have a breakout. You've got Donnie Barrow with Lars in that lineup, and you're hitting behind Paul Goldschmidt. I just have a feeling that what we saw last year with that 154 OPS plus might even be better this year. I really do. Yeah, it might be, but Nolan also said last year that Goldie took all of his RBIs away. <laughs> True. So you, I wonder if he, I wonder if Goldie gets pitched around a little bit more this uh, I mean you can't pitch around him. But yeah. yeah. Now you got I, Nolan I standing right there behind him. Um so, yeah, I mean go. obviously I love that. I would love I think I do think Nolan gets one before his career is over. So maybe it's this year. I did have a tweet that said it, bucks, so. I did have a tweet that said it's fitting Scott Rowland went into the Hall of Fame the year Nolan's gonna win his first MVP and World Series ring. I did tweet that out. And then you hedged your bet and went to Ronald I didn't Acuna hedge. Jr. That was a that, well, that was take a joke. three more guys on there. Who else did you take on there? No, I'm not taking that. My picks Ronald Acuna Jr. That was a joke because if I were betting, I want to bet on the Cardinals to win the World Series. Tell you that much. <laughs> but no, I That's I fair. do want to say That's though fair. I. I think Ronald Acuna Jr. is kind of being forgotten because he had a down year last year, coming off of a really tough injury. Um, when a big part of his game has always been speed, I think he's going to have a massive year next year. I think a lot of people feel that same way about Fernando Tatis Jr., which we'll talk about later when we get to yeah, kind of the yeah. I, I love stuff. him, but he he worries me because just for that because he's going to be out for like twenty games still, you know. Yeah. Right. 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 Agreed. All right. Um. So once again, massive shout out to Chip Carey. Being a part of, of the Cardinals, that's awesome. We are happy you are here. Uh, look, do, do it justice. Call the game. Are you? Two. Are you? Bigger, bigger shout out. Bigger shout out to Scotty Rowland. Uh, my grandma, grandma, always called him Scotty Rowland since I can remember. So she loved shout it. out to Scotty Rowland. That was her favorite. And to her. Place. And to Barb. Shout out, Barb. Hope you. Hope you. Why'd you point up? She's today. not dead. No, it was just a. It was just a shout out because she's up north. All right, let's wrap it no, up. No, I didn't. <laughs> you um, didn't you hey, once, up. Once, I didn't. 
once again, guys, if you could, please hit that little red button and subscribe. Like I said, if you hit the bell, you get the little notification. We can't thank you all enough uh, for all this. Uh, we are super pumped to get to do this and also to have you guys listen. You're all the best. Uh, nothing else from Caleb over there. He has no more pats on the back. Just wait. Next time, he probably has some more. So, oh, I also did guess Julio Rodriguez was going to win the there, AL. There it, the <laughs> there it is. There it is. There it is. There it is. I knew it was coming. Uh, we will talk to you guys all soon. Stay safe. Take care of each other. Uh, hopefully, if it is cold where you are, you stay warm. And we will talk to you soon. Cheers.